listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, Merry Christmas, you guys. Um, I could not be more honored that you chose to spend Christmas Day with us. So thank you so much for spending Christmas at the Mission Redlands. We are so honored you're here. If this is your first time with us, uh, I just I, I want you to know right up front that that we are more than just a church. We we are a family, and uh, even if this is your first time with us, I just want to sincerely welcome you into the family. Um, please relax, make yourself at home, and now that we're family, uh, I'm, we may ask you to do the dishes later if that's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, yeah. Fold the laundry, no. Um, uh, today marks the end of our current sermon series, The Wait is Over, and I couldn't be more excited about that fact because that means the wait for Christmas is over. It's finally here. Woo! Uh, yeah, that's right. Come on. Woo. If you haven't been with us, we've spent the last four weeks going through some selections of the Old Testament, which, if you don't know, is the pre-Jesus part of the Bible. And uh, we've been looking at how all along the way, God has been giving us a peek into his plan for the salvation of mankind. And throughout these accounts, even in the book of Genesis, which is the very first book of the Bible, God has been giving us these glimpses of Jesus, the Savior of mankind and the Father God's one and only Son. The people of Israel had been watching and and waiting for the Savior for a long time, and prophecy after prophecy had been spoken about him, and, and they waited for him eagerly, but thousands of years go by. And they're still stuck in what seems like endless waiting. Then and now, so much life is lived in the waiting. Isn't that right? But even in the waiting, God has been revealing himself all along. That is until the book of Malachi, which is, where, which is the last book of the Old Testament. And scholars believe that the time period between the Old and the New Testament was about 400 years. And during that time period, God was silent. There had been prophets all along the way throughout the Old Testament, and those were the people who, who uh, carried God's messages and communicated them. And, and during this time period, there were none. Just silence and more waiting. Have you ever been there? Stuck in what seems like endless silence with God? Just anxiously waiting for that silence to break open with a word, with anything, with a sound. The people of Israel had been waiting for generations for their Savior to come, and at the end of the book of Malachi, they were met with 400 years of silence. But here's the thing. Sometimes the greatest hope 
comes after the longest silence. And that, my friends, is what we are here to celebrate today. Because the wait is over. Hope is here. A child was born. Israel was expecting a new king and a warrior, but the savior of the world came as a helpless baby. That was quite literally born in a barn. Like, my mom was always like, hey, close the door. Were you born in a barn? Like, Jesus literally was born in a barn, right? Like, he he was born in a barn, and he was laid to sleep where animals fed, in a food trough, right? Like, the Son of God came to earth in the lowest, most humble form possible. to, To better help share this story, I've invited some friends to read the Christmas story to you guys. Would it be cool if I have some friends come up and read? Okay, friends, where are you? Come on up. Come on up, friends. All right. Here we go. All right. Here, come on up here where they can see your nice, pretty dress. There we go. All right, go for it. Should I start? Yeah. Okay. Should she start? Should she start? Okay, okay. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census Uh should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Kernus... That's how I pronounce it, too. ...was governor of Syria. Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Mm -hmm. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Right. All right, Miss Becca. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which, uh, which the Lord has told 
us about. So they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, I, I told you I invited some friends to read, but I actually didn't know that there were a couple of angels. Like, check that. Is that yours? Okay, I won't steal it, I promise. Can you guys, it, it's scary to get up on a stage in front of a whole bunch of people. Can you cheer them on one more time? Way to go. Way to go, guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So good, so good. Uh, they did amazing. And, and if, if uh, you've been around church at all during Christmas time, uh, let's see here. Yeah, there we go. If you've been around church at all during Christmas time, the passage my friends just read is usually the focus of our Christmas celebration. And, and rightfully so, right? Um, the whole of God's word, the whole thing, uh, which we know is the Bible, is sacred. But for me, there's just something undeniably special about the first two chapters of Luke. I, I think these chapters are so special to me because it gives a detailed account of the first people to encounter the Savior of the world. There's Mary and Joseph, of course, uh, who would have obviously been the first to encounter God's Son. And my friends already read to you about the shepherds, which were joyously directed by a host of angels that filled the sky, saying that the Savior was born. They, they, uh, they said, you can find him in the city of David, wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And then, then get this, this sky full of angels, more angels than there are stars in the sky, just begins to praise God. And they sang in verse 14, as translated by the King James Version, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. What an incredible sight that must have been. It, like, I, I can't imagine what that must have looked like. That must have been incredible. And, and if that experience wasn't life-altering enough, the shepherds, they take off, and they find the baby laying in a manger, just as the angels told them. And when they laid eyes on him, they couldn't help but follow in the angels' footsteps. They begin to praise and glorify God, just as the angels had done. They begin to tell everyone who will listen what they had just experienced. I'm sure some believed. And I'm sure others thought they were crazy. But they had just encountered the living, breathing Son of God. And when you encounter the Savior of the world, you can't help but share that encounter. Because most likely, your whole life just got flipped on its head right? The whole, the, um, the word gospel in Greek simply means good news. 
And I find it really interesting that it was the shepherds that were the first to share the good news about the Savior and not priests. Shepherds were societal outcasts, as Brian already mentioned, and, and, and they were people who got their hands dirty. They plunged themselves into the care of their sheep. It's like God was trying to communicate, even then, your life doesn't have to look pretty to experience and share the good news of the Son of God. God was busting the doors open wide for all people, from all walks of life, to experience this Savior. The shepherds may have been some of the first people to share the good news, but the Bible tells us that there was a man in Jerusalem that had been eagerly waiting to lay his eyes on Israel's Savior. His name was Simeon, and he was a righteous and devout man. And at some point in his life, the Bible doesn't specify when, Simeon had been visited by the Holy Spirit and was told that he would not die until he had seen the Son of God. This is such a beautiful section of Scripture, and I want to read it together. Um, we, just, we, uh, we pick up the account of Simeon, the God receiver, in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. And the, you can turn there, the words will be on the screen here, verse, starting at verse 21, Luke chapter 2. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. And that section just means that um, Mary and Joseph were poor, like well-off people would have been able to offer a lamb or something like that, but, but uh, a pair of two doves or two young pigeons indicates that Mary and Joseph were, were poor. And now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So let's just take a second and set the scene here. Let's talk about what we just read. Uh, a little bit of time has passed since the birth of the Savior. And as instructed by the angel who spoke to Mary in Luke 1, uh, the brand new parents named the baby Jesus, and which in Hebrew would have been pronounced Yahshua. 
which is a variation of Joshua. And in Hebrew, this name literally means the Lord saves. They take Jesus up to Jerusalem as the Jewish law requires uh, him to be circumcised. And, and as they do, there's a man there, Simeon, who, as the Bible tells us, has been waiting for the consolation of Israel, which means he has been waiting for Israel's comfort to come. The Bible goes as far to say that the, that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was upon him and that he knew he would not die until he had cast his gaze upon the one whom God sent to save Israel. Simeon was led by the Spirit to go outside into the temple courts. This would have been a very like public place. And, and when Mary and Joseph arrived to give their offering and present the baby to the Lord, the Bible tells us that Simeon was overcome with joy. In the presence of the Lord, uh, upon seeing baby Jesus, Simeon scoops Jesus up in his arms. I, I, in my head, it sort of looks like a grandpa picking up his, his, his newborn baby, you know, like just so proud, so full of joy, just bursting at the seams, you know. And, and, and so Simeon scoops Jesus up in his arms so happy, he begins to publicly praise God. He says so eloquently in verse 29 through 32, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. For Simeon, the wait is truly over. In his own words, he can now die in peace because in his arms, in his arms, he holds God's plan for salvation, for the salvation of all mankind. And because of this fact, he can't help but declare it publicly by praising God for his faithfulness. Simeon declares that this baby, who is the Christ, will be a light to all nations, not just the select nations, but to all nations. He says that this Savior will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, which if you don't know what that means, it just means it's everybody who's not Jewish. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile, right? And and he says, um, and the glory of the people of Israel, because they were the line of people who God chose to send the Savior through. This baby would be Savior to Gentile and Jew alike, which means he came to save all people. Everyone. God's plan for salvation was all-inclusive. And I'd like to invite the worship team to come on back up at this point. God's plan for salvation was all-inclusive. And to all those that would call his name Savior, through his sacrifice on the cross, this baby would make the way for sinners to be in right standing with God the Father again. 
Because make no mistake about it, we celebrate the birth of Jesus today. But this is just the beginning of a path that Jesus would follow to his death on a cross. To wipe away the sins of all who called his name Savior. And he did it for all mankind. And that includes me. And that includes you. Because of his great love for you. So that your sins could be forgiven. And you could once again be in relationship with him. It doesn't matter what you've done. I want you to hear that. If you came into this place with guilt on you, if you carried guilt into this place, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you've been away from the Father for a long time, it doesn't matter how long you've been away. God is waiting. He's waiting with open arms. He's ready to welcome you home. God loves you so much that he thought you were worth sending his son, his only son, to earth to die on a cross. And that, my friends, is the message of Christmas. That, amen, amen. That is the true reason for this season. You may not know Jesus, but Jesus wants to know you. He wants to be in relationship with you. So my question is, the wait is over. So what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? The time is now because you were on God's heart when he sent his only son to earth to be born in a manger. You were on the heart of Jesus as he grew into a man and went to the cross and was resurrected from the dead so that you might believe and ask forgiveness for your sins and receive an eternal entrance into communion with God. And his heart, I want you to hear this, his heart still beats for you today. It beats for you today. So I want everybody to stand up. And we're all going to pray this very simple prayer out loud together. Now you may already be a believer but for our friends who are, who are not and they may want to pray this prayer for the first time and mean it, we're going to just all pray it out loud together. So I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. And I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. And rose from the dead. I trust you and follow you. As my Lord and Savior. 
guide my life and help me to do your will. In your name, amen. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If, if any of you prayed that prayer for the first time and meant it today, would you just slip your hand up so that we can know? Yeah, all right, all right. Awesome, awesome. Praise God, praise God. We have about four or five new people in the family of God right now. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, maybe you're already a believer, but you feel distant from God. And the intimacy you once knew with Him has faded. Maybe sin has taken hold of your life, or maybe you just simply haven't made it a priority to cultivate a relationship with God. I want everybody in the room to pray this rededication prayer out loud to the Lord. Repeat after me. Merciful God, I have sinned in what I have thought and said in the wrong I have done and in the good I have not done. I have sinned in ignorance. I have sinned in weakness. I have sinned through my own deliberate fault. I am truly sorry. I repent and turn to you now. Forgive me. And through the blood of Jesus, renew my life to the glory of your name. Amen. So let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. We thank you that we can welcome new believers into the family today. We, what, a, what a gift that is on Christmas morning. Thank you, Lord, for that. Father, for those of us that have built up calluses on our heart, Father, I pray, God, that you would give us skin like a baby on our hearts for you and your people, Lord. God, that you, Father, that you would renew our passion. God, that you would place an anointing on our lives, Father, that when people come in contact with us, Lord, they would see you, Father. I pray that you would put a burden on our hearts, Lord. God, to be in relationship with you, God, not just on Sundays, Lord, but always, Father. Lord, we, we recognize, God, that the wait is over for knowing who our Savior will be. And now we wait for His return, Lord. Father, we wait eagerly for the day we can bow at the feet of King Jesus on, upon His return to the earth. We love You, Lord. And as the ushers come forward, Lord, 
We pray over our tithes and offering right now, Lord. God, we, we ask you to build your church with this offering, Lord. We ask you to feed and clothe the hungry and naked, Lord. God, we ask you to minister to the city on behalf of your son Jesus, Lord. Through us, God. Father, we give back to you what is already yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.